no. I was gonna be like, I'm Alex. And it's like that's oh, you're. Right. Uh, <laughs> we can't use the excuse uh, of uh, of recovering from the COVID shot anymore. Like, no, y'all, we y'all can't. Need to get I don't know. Back on your game. Shut up. I like. I was ever on my game. That's true. What What did on my game, Elise, sound like in the podcast? I, when you were ranting about musicals, usually. Yeah, yeah basically. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> we could like space out for forty five minutes, check our phones. Oh no! It's so mean. <laughs> I have to say though, the musical world is uh, rife with anger right now. Oh. Um. What's going so on? it's. It is the best of times and it is the worst of times. It is the best of times um, because In the Heights is coming out. The movie version of In the Heights is coming out. Um, In the Heights being Lin-Manuel Miranda's musical that he wrote shortly before Hamilton. Mm -hmm. That kind of like allowed him to get Hamilton to get made. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a passion project. Really, really, he got his foot in the door writing Bring It On the musical. Um, Okay. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that one, do they? Uh, but Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote Bring It On the Musical, which then I think allowed him to do In the Heights. And then, like, after In the Heights, they're like, do whatever the fuck you want. And he's like, I'm going to write a musical about the guy on the $10 bill. And everybody was like, okay, LMM, we, we don't really give a shit anymore. <laughs> and um, you made us lots of money. So anyway, he's going to make them even more money by going uh, by doing a movie adaptation of In the Heights, which people have been really excited about. From the director of Crazy Rich Asians, which longtime listeners of this show will know, I predicted, or I didn't predict, but I was like, that's the person that they should get to do The King and I, because if you watched the, if you watched Crazy Rich Asians and you know that this particular director is like fucking great with music and he's doing In the Heights and it has like a really beautiful color palette and I'm really, I'm really excited for it. Um, so that is why it is the best of times. However, however, it is also the worst of times because now they're doing a movie adaptation of Dear Evan Hansen, which is controversial. Um, I saw something about that today. What What is that? It's, uh, it's, it's a weird fucking show. I have listened to the music. The music's like decent. Um, a lot of people are weirdly it's fuck okay so dear evan hansen okay do you know that speech you know the speech from um rick and morty where morty is like nobody belongs anywhere nothing means anything come downstairs and watch tv mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay so like they turn that line into a musical oh uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> like essentially that is like the moral of Dear Heaven Hansen is like morality is dumb, nobody's watching you, nothing is anybody's any nothing is anyone's fault. Come downstairs, watch TV. <laughs> um so so it's interesting. Um so a kid, there's like a an off stage character, an off-screen character. Um, who like commits suicide and that's sort of the inciting incident. So then like dear Evan Hansen, Evan Hansen is the name of the kid that killed himself. This is all like half remembered. Um, and then the other kid, I don't fucking remember his name, the protagonist, um, to get out of something 
pretends like he was really good friends with the kid, the kid that committed suicide and then like gets in with his family and then they decide that they're going to build an orchard. And then it's like, it, everything comes to light that like this kid has actually been lying. Um, and that the kid that committed suicide actually had no friends and nobody mm. liked him. And it's fucking bleak. It's mm. really fucking bleak. Um, <laughs> But it's like a Tony Darling. <laughs> Go figure. So uh, so they made a, a, a movie adaptation and a bunch of people who like five years ago were like, oh, and it's like, to be fair, I don't think it's based off of anything. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's based off of anything. And it's like really rare um, on Broadway. Like most Broadway musicals are an adaptation of either a movie or a book or as the original musical title of show points out movies based on books. Um, <laughs> so I think it got a lot of praise and there was like that and then be more chill. And then there was another musical um, that came out around the same time. And so it was like part of this, this fervor of like, Oh my God, are we finally going to get like this new golden age of Broadway, which it's like, is it like Broadway just, it's fine. Like it's never not going to be popular. Okay. Like there will always be over anxious theater kids that need way too much intention. There will always be somebody to do Broadway for shut the fuck up. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it, was like, it is, it is a tub where there is constantly water going in and there is constantly water going out. Anyway. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm great. I am very happy with all of my life choices. Um, <laughs> So, so I think it got like, it got like a lot of praise initially because of this idea of like, wow, it's an original musical and wow, it's like, you know, part of this like new age of, of Broadway, we're doing original musicals and it's going to be fucking great. And like, like the music's really good and like, it's nice, nice balance between traditional and contemporary and blah, 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 blah. And then like years later, everybody was like, oh, maybe maybe that moral is bad, actually. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't have made a, a big Broadway musical about some kid lying about being the friend of a suicidal actor. I was like suicidal person. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that might've been a mistake in someone's part. And so, you know, it was like, it was like the hot thing. Like, there are a lot of Broadway shows that burn very brightly and then kind of go out very quickly. And, um, and so there was like, there was a while where it was like, it was the musical that like everybody had to see. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And now it's like in retrospect, it's sort of like, it's sort of like, like Joss Whedon's career. Everybody mm -hmm. was like, Oh my God, it's so progressive. And then years later, it's like, this is a yikes for me. That's <laughs> like, that's going to be a no for me dog. And so uh, it's interesting that it's having this moment now that it's like finally gotten, I say finally, I mean, we still don't have a fucking adaptation, movie adaptation of Wicked, um, which is bullshit. That is there, like Wicked has never been adapted into a film. That like there is, is a filmed a version of it that exists oh. for like a filmed version of the show that exists purely for promotional purposes. And, well, they got, that got um, a theatrical release, didn't it? I don't think so. Or it, it, if it did, it was a very minor one. It was one of those like fathom events mm. things where it's like one night only you can see 
the like original cast of Wicked and um but that's it like that's all we've ever gotten we haven't gotten um like that has never been like released on like Disney Plus or Amazon or anything like that and then it's like they've never created a film version of it um so it's so everybody's like oh we're finally and it's like Terry Evan Hansen I think came out in like 2015 or something I don't know it was it has not been that long um, like people have waited longer for the In the Heights movie. Um, I do. I do want to point something out real quick. Yeah, go for on, it. On w- Wicked's Wikipedia, uh, it says that on February eighth of twenty nineteen, uh, Universal announced a new release date for the Wicked film of December twenty second, twenty twenty one. Yeah, I don't believe it. But for by a minute, April, but, okay. but by April of last year, Universal put the film on hold again due to COVID. Interesting. <laughs> Fucking interesting. There is a director attached, though. Well, that's new. Uh, according to IMDb. John M. Chu yeah. is signed on. Yes! Still now, it's Actation of Wicked. Of the- course he is. He's going to be like their go-to musical director. Oh, the director of G.I. Joe Retaliation. <laughs> and Step Up to the Streets. <laughs> and it's Step Up 3D. It's going to be great. Anyway. Um. What? Hold up. <laughs> Oh, League of Extraordinary Dancers. Okay. okay, I thought he did a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> so, so anyway, so now we're gonna like, I guess, suppose like we're never gonna fucking get the Wicked musical. We're just never gonna get the fucking Wicked musical. I mean, like, I, I, yeah, they at least have a director. Mm-hmm. That at is least. true. That's like more than like, I don't know, but like, no, I they- <laughs> I remember like Wicked being kind of not like over but certainly a little overdone when i was in high school mm-hmm. like it's been around for such a goddamn long time um you know and it's and it's weird like i've never seen it in person so maybe i'm not to like judge or whatever but it doesn't seem like something like cats like cats it's like you can only <laughs> Like, like I know that there's like a movie adaptation of Cats, but Cats is not a musical that you can adapt into a movie, right? Like, and many a YouTuber has gone on that rant about how it's like it's not. Like you know, you um, know in your logical brain that there's a movie adaptation of Cats, but your your mind recoils at any attempt to recall it actually exists. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, there's just there's certain musicals that just don't work for movies. There are musicals that just work better on the stage. Like Hamilton works better on the stage, but I wouldn't say that you couldn't turn it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like technically like a filmed stage adaptation, but it's not the same thing. Well, if they um, can do it for 1776, they can do it for Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's kind of the thing. The right? real question is, can they do it for Slamilton? <laughs> no, no one can do it. for No, no one will do Slamilton justice. That's true. Um, so, so y'all, I'm, I'm falling down this, uh, guy, this director's IMDb page. Mm -hmm. Oh. And so I've discovered he is, he is the visionary behind a, a television series and what appears to be three feature films. This is John M. Chu? Yes. Entitled The LXD, A League of Extraordinary Dancers. Oh my God. What? Or Legion of Extraordinary Dancers. So, uh, the, the plot summary says the next evolution of dance begins in the groundbreaking, provocative 
and first installment of the LXD from visionary writer slash director John M. Chu. And then the credit they give is Step Up 3D. Uh, <laughs> this original series chronicles the journey of seemingly ordinary people who discover they have extraordinary powers and must choose their place in an epic war between good and evil. There's high school outcast Trevor Drift uncovering his family's dangerous oh my secret. Lord. Fallen soldier specimen spelled with a three instead of an E. Of course. Of yes. Course. Running from his dark past. An unassuming hero, Elliot Who, haunted by newly discovered supernatural gifts, all of whom are called to fulfill their destiny and join the Legion of Extraordinary Dancers. Each chapter showcase, showcases the unbelievable flips, spins, and twists that have already made the LXD a pop cultural phenomenon and one of the most highly anticipated series ever launched. Join the adventure. Uncover the mystery. The next evolution of dance starts now. So that's the that's the TV show. There's also a, a one feature film that I think is the prequel called The Uprising Begins. Then there's the series, which went from 2010 to 2012. Then there was a, uh, another movie, I guess a sequel movie, or maybe it happened in between seasons, called The LXD, The Secrets of the Raw. Uh, like the god uh, it says the raw oh the raw. okay and, well, there... <laughs> and then there's another sequel movie called the lxd the rise of the drifts which is the movie that he directed apparently right before he did gi joe retaliation and two justin Bieber. oh no that was a justin Bieber music video never mind Oh my god. So I feel like I got him mixed up with someone else. I think, no, this is also the guy who directed Crazy Rich Asians. Yes! No, I yes. love him. I'm not racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. So he's so... fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> You've just been proven racist by the racist river. So, so if whenever we talk about John M. Chu, we're going to need to talk about John M. Chu two of Step Up Three D, the visionary director of Step Up Three D. Yes, not yeah, and and Gem in the Holograms, and now you see me too. What a what a brilliant man! You know what? Fuck y'all, John M. Chu, like he knows his way around a saturated color palette. And if I had to watch one more fucking grayed out too real for school or whatever, like I grim, mean, dark, Zack Snyder-esque, like fucking musical, like lay Miserab. <laughs> like, I don't I mean, know what yeah, I'm going to do. Just look at Gem and the Holograms color palette. Like that's amazing. Saturated color palettes. <laughs> in fairness, there's not enough slow motion in, uh, in Les Miserables to make it a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> Although that would be incredible. Can you imagine a Zack Snyder direct? Oh god. I don't think it would be that far off. I think it would just be like an extra hour of slow motion because it would be like that one scene where um god, I'm such a bad musical great uh nerd, but like not Jean Valjean. Javert, when Javert like like 
throws himself off the bridge into oh. the like whirling <laughs> vat of water and it's like it's just like slow motion and like like he turns his like eye up to the camera and like a single like tear falls upward as he like now that, see it would be an extra hour but it would just be that scene now see if Zack Snyder wants to add more to Les Miserables <laughs> you don't have to go farther than the book okay you can just spend 13 minutes with someone doing a voiceover about the history of the Paris sewers okay that's for fine for some reason like a Bob Dylan song is like underscoring it <laughs> that's like not from the musical it's just like oh, these the- times are changing Zack Snyder directed like Javert would become the hero and he would be like no Jean Valjean is a dick for stealing that bread we're a nation of laws and Javert should have snapped his neck just like the rest of the musical is just done from Javert's perspective Like the suicide scene wouldn't it wouldn't uh, uh, be like this this tragic like oh all of this has come to this useless moment it would be posed as like this heroic like Ubermensch move no and no he would that just is like both... so cool when he no it looks off. cool and then he's like caught by like a fairy underneath or some kind of, <laughs> some kind of boat he wouldn't change the source material that much he would just change the frame it would be like Watchmen where it's like there's there's just enough changes to the framing of the source material like it it all it all happens all the mm-hmm. events are the same mm-hmm. but the subtext is just altered enough where it's like no Rorschach is actually the good guy so like <laughs> instead of casting like Hugh Jackman as uh as Jean Valjean he gets like Jared Leto Oh yeah. <laughs> it was like like oh. croaking out and doing like a weird like like half like Gerard uh, Butler is still in it though. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like that wouldn't <laughs> yeah. change. He would just be beefy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like like instead of yeah, like instead of like Hugh Jackman, like acclaimed star of stage and screen, Hugh Jackman as Jean Valjean, the role he was born to play, it's like <laughs> Jared Leto doing the same kind of voice that Johnny Depp does in um in Sweeney Todd, mm. another fucking musical with a shitty color palette. Anyway, yeah, but it um, fits that one. Yeah, whatever. It, that's a good. I'm sorry. That's a good adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like he's doing that weird, like I'm a, I like I'm a rocker trying to make this musical cool. Jared Leto does have a band though, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is why, like, this is like in the alternate universe where where Zack Snyder directed Les Miserables <laughs> instead of Tom Hooper. This is exactly what happens. And then it's like, oh, I guess, I guess Javert had a point. <laughs> and actually, like, the rest of the musical just, like, ends with, with uh, Javert's suicide. <laughs> you, like, never find out what happens to uh, Eddie Raid- Raidman's character or Amanda Siegfried. It's just, like, uh, they get married off screen. Like, that's, like, the credit sequence is, <laughs> like, them getting married. <laughs> uh, anyway, I hope we had fun. I hope we had fun with that. With that. Yes. Yes. <sighs> I guess that's it. I guess that's it for me. That's it? That's all you got? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, when you get, when you get a, uh, a segue that perfect, you really just got to take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. by the handlebars and drive it directly into the <laughs> into the lake oh jeez i assume that's what people do with segways i keep seeing those segway doors and i'm just like 
why do we god i remember when the segways came out in like what 2004 and i thought oh my god it's the future and no one's ever gonna walk again we're all gonna segue never caught on yeah there was like so many things people are like this is gonna revolutionize like everything and it's just like you see them in tourist traps i feel like Like it it's a lot of fun to think about when it first comes out and you're 11 years old but like yeah no. Well, they never say, stopped being $4,000, yeah. right? I, I um, was going to say, like, I always remember it being a joke. But yeah, I wasn't 11. I was, how old was I? was, I was 17. Enough, yeah. It's so, like you were old enough to watch Arrested Development, yeah. which proved how dumb those things yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. Like I was going to say, I felt like they were always a joke because of Arrested Development. Yeah. Michael. Michael. Ugh. <laughs> 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 God, I'm in an Arrested Development ship hosting. You're never gonna group. get to talk, Alex. Just, <laughs> Sorry, just as a heads up, it's I, fine. It's no, fine. just, just, just a random thought I had. Like, we're like, like you know how things just get started for like no reason, and then they never stop. If mm-hmm. you're in like in ship posting groups, for whatever reason, today they started doing like Arrested Develop, or maybe it was yesterday is when they started it. But recently they started doing. Uh, Arrested Development, like Land Before Time crossovers. Oh my god! <laughs> Which are awful. <laughs> oh god, yeah. What? They're so bad. The Land it's Before like, Time being awful. Littlefoot, say goodbye to these, and, and then it's like a picture of his grandmother. No, it's a picture of his mom. That's right. It's a picture of his mom, and I'm like, Jesus. Say Christ. goodbye to these, because it's the last time, time you're gonna, gonna see, see them. them. Oh no! And it's like Kitty oh, lifting no. up her shirt, but instead of Kitty's boobs, it's it's a picture of Littlefoot's mom. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, God. that's right. Yeah, you're gonna laugh and cry. <laughs> Why? Oh, <laughs> uh, there was another one that was like that. It was just like, um, or they. Uh, it looks like he's dead. He's dead, or it just looks like he's dead. And it's like the sharp tooth. It's like, oh, it just looks like he's dead. He's lying on his back and then he's going to jump up and scare you. <laughs> it's just like, why? Like, why is this the crossover? And why do people keep posting about it? It oh just, gosh. it's is so... it Now, it's not all the same person. No, it, right? like it's the entire group just has been making, like, going on this tip. Well, oh, have you yeah, contributed no. anything? Oh, God, yeah. Um. Oh, hello, Littlefoot. Do you remember the way to the Great Valley? No, I'm withholding it. Look at me <laughs> getting off. <laughs> oh god, it's so. I god. don't even recognize half these references. What the? Because they're from Arrested Development. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. It's just it's so niche. It's so stupid. Anyway, sounds amazing, but. Uh, Speaking of of things that are stupid and amazing and and cartoons from back in the day, um, I, I got your segues. Um, I I went ahead and did that thing I do where I find VHS tapes at uh, yes. <laughs> Tell us about it. Did you watch well, all of them yet? I've not had a chance to watch any of them yet, Aww. unfortunately. Um, but I I would like to introduce them to the listeners. So for those of you that aren't you know, haven't seen the episode about my cursed VHS tape. Um, I I have a cursed VHS tape. I was hoping to find one this time, but I was not able to find any like unlabeled blank tapes that could have anything on them. Uh, which you know maybe is a blessing, maybe is a curse, but you know who, who knows. 
but I was able to find uh, some things from the local uh, the local thrift store. They're selling them for twenty five cents each. So if you're local to this area and you want <laughs> some VHS tapes, this area that we will not tell you about, yeah, that's somewhere in Virginia, a quarter each. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I got I think what six of them. Uh, I got a copy of the Night Stalker, yes. which uh, I've seen before. At least I saw the TV series. Uh, is the movie different? It's the first. It's like the the it, prequel. That not quite the prequel, but like I guess it's like it's a, a re- pilot. For okay. The... Yeah, like the the first episode is like a retelling of the movie kind of thing. I guess I don't know. Okay. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's the Night Stalker. Um, which is probably uh, pretty well known in some circles. Uh, the next one is Madeline's Christmas. Um, yes. <laughs> now I Hell will preface yeah. this with saying that I, you know, do not celebrate Christmas and have never celebrated Christmas because uh, I am Jewish. But I did grow up watching Madeline. Hell yeah! <laughs> so I, I couldn't pass on it. Um, so what you've seen it. So what is what is the plot of Madeline's Christmas? Um, you seem excited. So okay, so because because I was a precocious girl mm-hmm. with red hair, mm-hmm. uh I got inundated with, with uh, a lot of lot of precocious red red haired girl media, except for mm-hmm. Anne of Green Gables for some reason I never got into, um, which is kind of dumb because it's like I feel and that's weird because I I read and we watched a whole bunch of Anna Green Gables when right? I was a kid, like so. I feel like I should I should read it. I have the book somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I never I never did it, and I was like, anyway. But I have Madeline. the whole I have the whole like uh, mini series on VHS tape. If you'd like to, watch. <laughs> of course, <laughs> all do. six tapes. Oh, shit! Did you ever like watch the Netflix series? No, I never watched the Netflix. series. We should series, watch the but... Netflix series and talk about it. Anyway. I'm getting distracted. So, so one of one of the many like precocious girl with red hair uh, things that I I watched growing up are book. It was a book series, um, Madeline, and it's about twelve little girls in two straight lines, and the smallest one was Madeline. And they're like these little rhyming books that are, and all of the illustrations are um, acrylic paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, are they acrylic or were they watercolor? Anyway, uh, I don't know. So they have these beautiful paintings and it was about Madeline who was either an orphan or just a girl. No, they're all orphans. Yeah, I think they're all orphans or at least Madeline is. Um, It's hard to tell because then there's like some lines about like this came from Mama and this came from Papa and Christmas in the Christmas book. Mm. I think in the movie they're orphans. Okay. But the book, I think they're supposed to, it's, it's unclear Okay. And I think it kind of depends on like what the author needs mm. them to be for that book. Like if they need them to be uh, orphans or if they need them to have parents. But because um, I don't think I ever watched, read the book, uh, but I did watch the show or the yeah series or whatever. Yeah. Cause it was also a, an animated series on PBS yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it was a, it was a children's book series. It was an illustrated children's book series. The whole books, all of the books are written in rhyming couplets uh, with, like I said, these really beautiful illustrations. And um, it takes place in Paris. So Madeline lives in Paris. And um, 
And is and watched a, over by a nun. And what is watched over by a nun. And then her best friend is the son of the Spanish ambassador who mm. lives next door. The bad and bad. Um, see, ambassador <laughs> lives next door. And yeah. um, I'm trying to think of what else. Like, anyway, so um, Madeline's Christmas is Jesus. I, okay. I like vaguely, I can picture it in my head. And I have very vivid memories of like reading it with my parents. Um, but like, like it's like Madeline learns the true meaning of Christmas is not in presents, but in like giving for others. But then you get presents anyway. Yay. And it's like, they talk about like how uh, there's, okay. So a couple of things to note about this book series is one, it takes place in the early 1900s, maybe. Uh, it's very vague <laughs> about it's, what it it's takes place. Early twentieth century? Yeah. Question mark? Question mark? Yeah. Question mark? And uh, one, and then two. They make some interesting, interesting choices when it comes to race and ethnicity. Oh, do um, they now? And I remember <laughs> Madeline's Christmas involving a man from. From Arabia, quote unquote, oh boy. Uh, which I'm putting in the podcast because I, you can't see me doing the finger quotes, but boy, are they there working overtime um, and his magic flying carpet. And, oh, well, I mean, boy. because what, the little what? girls were so good on his magic carpet, he takes them to see their parents for christmas I, I i jesus fucking christ well what would you expect for a book series <laughs> written between 1939 and 1961 oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what is the fucking course uh yep that sounds about right that sounds about right yeah so yeah it's like vaguely early 20th century they're very specific that they live in paris though like that is like it is thing. it as bad as uh babar the elephant no, because like Babar stood up to some colonizer bullshit, you know. Babar like... stood up to some colonizer <laughs> bullshit, but Babar also is like representative of like the, the participating <laughs> participating in the, the colonial bullshit. <laughs> he is also participatory. So... <laughs> he is not the socialist revolution that you're looking for. No, uh, Babar, king of the elephants. Uh, God. So yeah, it's comparable maybe a little bit better just because there's people and not an not using animals as an allegory for africa so i feel like that makes it better but also maybe not i don't know it's also been a minute since i read mm -hmm. any madeline books but man would i love would i love to have a fucking full set of like hardcover and then i'd probably like pay like you know way too much money for a full set of like hardcover madeline books and mm -hmm. then start to read them and it's like oh oh <laughs> like this has got to go with those like banned Seuss, like dr seuss books <laughs> like it gets put in a has to have like a, a warning put on the front page or something i don't know um uh those are those are some really beautiful some really beautiful illustrations though some really really nice paintings what if we get like a, a Blu-ray, <laughs> Blu-ray set of the the nineteen nineties television series and just like binge watch? Them? Oh, that would be fucking great! <laughs> oh my god, I would love to do that. Mm -hmm. 
Oh my gosh. I wonder if it's like streaming on anything. It's probably available to buy on Amazon Prime. I don't know. Uh, or like Amazon was... streaming service. Nick, you're not talking about anything. Like, go look up how we can how we can watch Madeline. <laughs> sure. Just kidding. Anyway. Apparently, it was rich. The pilot was originally on HBO. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. And season two was on ABC, and season three was on Disney. It, it just like kind of just went like all over popped the place. around. Who it knows? Is free who... on Tubi. Yes. Ah. <laughs> this means that it's a masterpiece and in no way terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just as good as we remember it to be yeah I, that is right it did bounce around a lot and then when i was like probably a little too old to be watching it i think is when it got sent to pb or like it got bought by pbs or oh. pbs did their own version of it i don't remember. it's also on paramount plus if you can ever get paramount plus to work oh god that is the devil's streaming service which i pay more <laughs> which i pay for we should see if it's working yet it's like it is just not it's so bad it's not been it's it's not that it's bad like there's good stuff on there there's stuff on there that we want to watch it's just that the, the, app, the app itself does not work terrible and like the only thing that it's like we have star trek yeah. you can't watch it anywhere else and it's like fuck you I mean, except for all the Star Trek that you can watch everywhere else, but you That's can't true. watch new Star Trek anywhere else. New Trek isn't real Trek. Speaking of of shitposting groups that yeah. don't precipitate on anything. Yeah. Star Trek shitposting. God, the fucking helmets have been stitches. Oh my God. <laughs> I've <laughs> seen those so ones. Dumb. They're, they're the dumbest, and I love them. I just, I also, like, the, this is too niche to be talking about, but, um, and Star Trek shitposting, was there, like, a boomer that got upset and, like, wrote a big rant yes. about how everybody was depraved? Yes. Because there was, like, a couple of months where, like, everybody was taking... I couldn't find the original post. I could only find, like, fuckers taking the post and turning it into memes. They made it the, the official, like, fucking, like, they made a t-shirt for the group. <laughs> that that had, like, because it was, like... Of course they did. Morally, like, some... Uh, morally bankrupt More, something something immorally bankrupt i can't remember what the rest of yeah. it was but then they got like the uh the little combat uh construct from lower decks oh my god god at least we got to watch all of lower decks before paramount plus decided to break that is true um but that was also like uh we talked about this on the podcast so we won't go into it again but it was very difficult to watch Lower Decks on. Worth it, but mm. mm-hmm. at what cost? At what cost? So it's like, it's really hard. Like, we haven't even, like, gotten through the first season of Discovery. Yeah. Which, to be fair, the first season of Discovery is also a slog. Yeah. Because that's a Star Trek. <laughs> and Star Trek doesn't have good first seasons. There, I said it. I mean... That's an uncontroversial opinion. Other than Deep Space Nine, which if you, like, I think... It's not as good as the rest of the series, but that is true. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Except Avery Brooks's hair. I mean, they, they were... made him. They like were like, no, you got to look like Bill Cosby. <laughs> and then it's like in retrospect, it's like, nah, you should have just let him like have the shaved hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> did you? Have you? We've talked about this before. We've talked we? about yeah, that yeah, before. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, ooh. Um. Yeah, oh, you, we were still talking about the VHS tapes you found, Alex. Sorry. Oh, right. Yes, yes, Sorry. yes. We were. Madeline's fact, Christmas, about... which Madeline's is probably Christmas. racist. 
We're it's gonna fine. find out. Um, <laughs> find out if it's <laughs> as racist as my memory serves it to be. Well, I don't know. They by the time this one came out, because I think I think Madeline's Christmas came out in uh, on the animated version of it came out in ninety. So okay. by nineteen ninety, they may or may not have taken out that bit. So it's just covertly racist <laughs> <laughs> instead of overtly racist. So we're gonna find out. It is a coin flip as to whether or not it kept that stuff in. In my opinion, yeah, no, so, that was. Uh... <laughs> and we started the Gulf War. <laughs> I feel like that's the. I don't know. That, that's truly the determining factor. Um, when was the Gulf War? It was the early nineties. Yeah, no, it hadn't started yet. It was it was uh, January ninety one. Okay. <sighs> All right. So, so it would have come out just before, like, in the ramp up to the Gulf War. <laughs> <laughs> Even better, it's Ooh. Gulf War started the month after this came out. There is like oh, a boy. seventy thirty chance now. <laughs> uh, when was the invasion of Kuwait? Oh yeah, no, it was in August of ninety. Okay. <laughs> The All right, next... there's a twenty five percent chance it's not racist. Man, for a Christmas special, there's a lot of Saddam Hussein in here. Why did Madeline talk about why we need to protect the people of Kuwait? Madeline, why are you wearing a Crusader armor? <laughs> it's a poo poo to the tiger in the zoo, and also Saddam Hussein's face. Oh my god. Oh jeez. Uh, fuck. So the next tape that I got <laughs> is uh called The Mind's Eye. A oh, computer yes. animation Odyssey. This is the one that I'm most excited for because I, I know I had the Night Stalker VHS because I got that like fairly late. I got that one and the Night Strangler. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't I don't think I ever watched it, but I'm pretty sure we owned one of the ones in this line mm-hmm. and i think when i like there was one time i tried to watch it and it was just too boring i know yeah so it, that's what i'm worried about so uh i'm wondering if this is something that's best watched under the influence of something uh but it is july 1st in virginia that could be a very interesting something <laughs> but uh the mind's eye is uh, okay it's the best um it's the best animation. It's the best computer animation that 1990 could buy. Um, it, it's, it, it looks like there are eight mini s- slots of like screensaver animations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back of the box says the mind's eyes, a spectacular odyssey through time. Your journey begins at the dawn of creation and moves through the rise of man and technology travel the world of abstraction into the future with breathtaking computer imagery. The mind's eye joins the imaginations of over 300 of the world's most talented computer animated artists with powerful original musical soundtrack. The unique collaboration takes you on an incredible voyage into the mind's eye. This thing has a runtime of 40 minutes and I'm going to bet it's going to feel like it's 40 hours long. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, unless like the, the, the soundtrack, if the soundtrack actually is amazing, it might be worth it. Like Mm -hmm. if Vangelis did the soundtrack or someone like that, it might be totally worth it. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm, unless we find, think of something better, the art from the box cover is going to be the, um, (laughs) it's going to be the, the podcast art. 
because this is just like it, it looks it looks like it's not as bad as the computer animation in after last season i don't think much can be but it looks very close to that uh so that's gonna be fun apparently the soundtrack <laughs> was done by oh shit you can buy the soundtrack still oh damn um, can you buy it on vinyl i don't know you can it, the guy's name is james reynolds um but someone oh no this is this is another movie that just happens to be called the mind's eye um that you can you can buy on Bandcamp. Mm. um oh, what the... okay no that is that's the other one okay yeah so the mind's eye film series a computer uh, animation odyssey Apparently, it's all available already on YouTube. The Mind's Eye early computer animation nice. music video, uh, forty minutes. You should you should see if you can track it down on Laserdisc because apparently it did come. Oh, it did get a DVD release, so maybe it's not total shit. Hmm. Well, you can watch it yourself if you type in Mind's Eye animation and go to YouTuber Digital Guru who uploaded this in January of last year. If you want to, I don't know, get high and watch 40 minutes of early computer animation. It looks extremely vapor wavy. Um, so it's is it really vapor wave? Because it was because vapor wave specifically has to be retro, right? Like, so this would have been futuristic when it came out. So I don't know if we can uh, really classify it as vapor wave. Maybe maybe more synth wave in that regard. Yeah, because like. It's it's a retro futurism in that respect. So there's, there's some aspects of vaporwave that are kind of retro futuristic, mm. um, but there are some that are more just nostalgic. It's it's, but it's got to be vaporwave hasn't been vaporwave hasn't been like relevant for six years, That's but true. it still holds a place in my heart. Uh, <laughs> I I still like it, but it's got to be something that, that that's been reclaimed for it to really be vaporwave. Like it has to be something that you found someplace else and then threw the filter on and like, like I could make this into something vaporwave. Oh yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> like that's the thing. Is it like, it's, it's definitely the building blocks for vaporwave, but I don't that's know. That's if... the idea. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Go ahead. Oh no, I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like you showed that that box art. I'm like, I thought, I think we maybe had that. That would be fucking hilarious if like you wound up with our old VHS. Like, <laughs> there is a non-zero possibility that that is your VHS tape. Yeah, and the same for the Night Stalker too. Honestly, because I had that exact same cover. Um. So I don't, and like I'm pretty sure those things got like donated to a library that's probably sold them at a friends of the library sale that someone then bought them and then sold them to a like or donated <laughs> them to like like a secondhand store like mm -hmm. it, it is entirely possible that you have wound up with some of my old vhs <laughs> oh <my tapes>. God. <laughs> that would be amazing um, um yeah and it's just it, did i did I mention uh, the Odyssey that I went on to to remember my first anime? No, I don't think so. So someone like uh, this was, I don't know, probably about a month ago at this point. But it, there was a post going around about like, what was your first anime? And like, you know, people were saying things like Dragon Ball and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I've got all this shit beat. 
because I can remember vaguely what mine was, but I can't remember what it was called. Mm-hmm. So I just started Googling the one thing that I could remember, which was it was uh, something about a, a giant robot. Well, one of the, there was like a team of giant robots and the pilot of one of the giant robots was like kind of a chubby baseball player. And so I think I just searched that and it was like, oh, Getter Robo G. I'm like, oh, okay. And I looked at it. I'm like, yeah, this was definitely what I watched, but that wasn't what was on the cover. And so I kept digging deeper and I found the Wikipedia page for the thing that I had, which Mm was a, uh, a redub for like the dollar store market, which totally makes sense because I bought it. Um, I got it at the the grocery store that like the local grocery store when I was a kid sold these VHS tapes and they uh, redubbed Getter Robo G. And there was like another series that I think they got like one episode of and like squeezed it into the same universe, basically. <laughs> um, and they called what was the, it called? It was called Robo Formers. So there is there is, in fact, a Wikipedia page for it. And I was looking at the. Like there are some people that are selling VHS copies and I was like, I kind of still wish I had those because like I bet they're absolute trash, but they <laughs> seem to be lost media now because like get a Robo G is a thing mm-hmm. like that is a well-known anime series like that is a very influential mecha series from the 70s. Right. But like this particular dub with this particular cover art is becoming lost media. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I kind of wish I still had it because it was just like, let's take the basic actions that are happening on screen and give it a completely different script and like completely different contexts. (laughs) Because apparently the, the chubby baseball player guy that I remembered was like, oh yeah, this is a guy who they got to pilot the Poseidon mech because the guy who was in it before died. And it's like, well, that probably wasn't in the version that I watched when I was six or whatever. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> well, um, if I am, if I, in my looking through of, uh, for VHS tapes, come across RoboFormers, yes, I will please. grab it as fast as I can. And it will almost certainly be your copy because I don't know if anyone else will have it in this area. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, what was what was your first anime, Elise? Oh God, um, it's probably. I'm gonna say Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, that's a good one. Ninety percent sure it's Kiki's Delivery Service. Okay. For me, I want to say it was the Sailor Moon movie at a friend's house. Mm. It like just happened to be on, and I was like, ah, oh, I'll watch this. Um, and then the first one that I actually sat down and watched into like watching it like a movie at my place was uh, Spirited Away. Mm. That's another good one. That is a good. Mm-hmm. One. That is a good first one. But that's yeah. also like it's so it's so strange to me that because I remember like Spirited Away coming out and being excited for it. Yeah. Like it was a big deal when it came out for me <laughs> because it was like, oh man, like Ghibli movies are finally getting like the, the recognition that they deserve and like the importance in like the culture. Like they're getting like Oscar nominations and stuff. 
because I was a big fan. Like, uh, my sister had a VHS copy of uh, Totoro when we were kids. <laughs> um, and then like she also rented Kiki and a few other things like that. And I was I was never really huge on those. But then like when Princess Mononoke came out, I was like big into Princess Mononoke. Mm. And so like then like just a year or two after that got its big dub with like Patrick Stewart and um, uh, uh, Gillian Anderson and like yeah. everyone else who was in the the American dub. Uh, like a year after that came out, like Spirited Away, I was like, oh man, yeah, Spirited Away, it looks so pretty. And like, I just was hyped for that movie. So the fact that that was like one of your, the first ones that you sought out is just very mm-hmm. weird to me. I saw yeah. that in theaters. I like, saw that on, yeah, on DVD. Yeah, I think I saw it on DVD too. I think, I, I don't think there was anywhere closer to me. So I, I didn't know... It was weird because it was like a it was around winter break and a friend of mine was like, oh, my God, uh, at like the tiny, tiny two screen uh, indie theater, independent movie theater. Um, and like he called me up and he was like, oh, my God, there's like an anime movie that's going to be playing. And I was like, oh, OK, what is it? And then I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go see it. And then like I told my sibling and I was like, yeah, spirited away. And they're like, oh my God, no, we're going to go see that. Like right the fuck now. <laughs> and so um, my my older sibling ended up taking my friend and I to go see it. Uh, like, like I said, like the tiny, which there was like a time that that was like the only movie theater in the town. <laughs> it was just this like tiny two screen indie, indie theater. Anyway, it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, the next VHS tape I have, <laughs> <laughs> the next VHS tape I have is King Arthur's or not King Arthur, just Arthur's Quest. Okay. Which uh, looks Look like the Aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dope, but no. Uh, it is a nineteen. It's another nineties uh, film. Okay. Uh, the back of the box has a very um, like dot like a. Dollar Tree esque Halloween costume wearing Merlin. Yes. Like, it's, like <laughs> this is nothing but net. Is this the one that has Clinton Howard in it? Yes. 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 It's Howard. <laughs> and I think I saw John Voight's name on there somewhere as well. Possibly. Uh, the back of the box description says young Prince Arthur travels through time to modern day California <laughs> because Quickly. we didn't have a budget. <laughs> Quickly, he becomes a typical teenager into video games and rollerblading. (laughs) Yes. But a power battle back in his kingdom causes Merlin to summon him back in time before the evil Morgana and her dark knights catch up with him in his new home. Arthur's duty, honor, and bravery are put to the ultimate test as he attempts to vanquish the forces of evil for once and for all. Here's a question. Why do... Arthur movies almost always suck. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm legitimately asking because mm-hmm. like King Arthur is great. Like it's a great, like great story. There's a lot of different like things to go through in there. A lot of great characters to mine. Um, 
Monty Python and the Holy Grail is good. Yeah, and, like there are exceptions, right? Like Monty oh. Python and the Holy Grail, but that's satire, right? Yeah. Like you, that's like it, that could literally be anyone. They're just doing like a medieval satire. Um, like Excalibur, I've heard is good. I've never seen it, but I've heard is good. Um, My sister uh, loved the the arthur tv show where yeah was like that was him really and merlin or maybe or thin yeah. no <laughs> uh, Mer- merlin 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 that's yeah. the one yeah um yeah a lot of people really liked that show i i think i tried watching it and i just could never get into it it is it is something that it very much like maybe know, it's if, meant for preteen girls yeah i was gonna say if you were like a preteen <laughs> or like a young teenage girl in like the early to mid 2000s like mm-hmm. I could see that, but like, I don't know. Like it is, it's, it's a lot of like CW attractive men, like in vaguely homoerotic situations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, or like the potential for for like homoerotic shipping at least. Yes. Um, but like, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's, I'm sure it's actually good. I just, it wasn't for me. Um, I did try because <laughs> it was like very big when I was in college. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I just yeah. I, I didn't get into it. Was there, is there going to be an adaptation of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight? There, yeah. Um, A24 okay. is, is like, uh, is distributing it, which tells me it is probably going to be like, either like extremely good or very pretentious because <laughs> that's everything that a24 does it's okay. like because they're the, they're the uh, distribution company that like um they did good time and uncut gems and midsummer and hereditary and the lighthouse like all these really really like films that i really loved um but then, like, some of the stuff that they put out, it, like, it looks like that. It's got that same kind of, like, art house sheen, but it's just pretentious crap. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of hoping it's the former, but I'm really afraid it's the latter. What, what, are, the, what are the things that have the art house sheen that you think are total crap? Oh, God. Um, I can't think of them right now. There's been a few where it's like, oh, A24 is distributing this, and then I see it, and I'm just like... Also, I don't, I, I don't know. Those two things like don't jive in my head. Does that make sense? What do you mean? Like 824 and Sir, Sir Gowan and the Green Knight. I just don't see it. It looks the like. The Sir Gain and the, the Gain or Gowan? Gowan. Gowan. And the Green Knight. I don't, I don't see that as being served by Art House Sheen. Have you seen the trailer for it? No, I haven't. Uh, we should watch that when we're done recording. Because okay. like you, you, I, I think they're gonna do like a psychological horror angle with it. What? Why? Um, th- have you read Sir Gawain and the Green Knight? No, it's, I did as part of high school. It's yeah. weird as well. You probably read excerpts. I started. Probably were yeah, I tried to read it and then I gave up. <laughs> it's it's weird as fuck. It is it is a very weird, uh, like 
surreal story. Okay. From yeah. from their website, it it says. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you. No, go I ahead. Uh, from their website, it says an epic fantasy adventure based on the timeless Arthurian legend. The Green Knight tells the story of Sir Gawain, uh, played by Dave Patel. Uh, King Arthur's reckless and headstrong nephew who embarks on a daring quest to confront the eponymous Green Knight, a gigantic emerald-skinned stranger and tester of men. Gawain contends with ghosts, giants, thieves, and schemers in what becomes a deeper journey to define his character and prove his worth in the eyes of his family and kingdom by facing the ultimate challenger. From visionary filmmaker David Lowry comes a fresh and bold spin on a classic tale from the Knights of the Round Table. Okay. So it's got ghosts in it. Yeah. It's got giants and thieves and schemers in it. <laughs> um, and apparently it's got a fox in it, because I can see some of the one of the promotional material has a fox. Yeah. And- that guy has a very interesting... Uh, um filmography as well it's David like uh, yeah <laughs> it's like indie film indie film disney indie film indie <laughs> film disney well, it's got to make the money somehow right, right? it's got to pay the rent somehow oh uh, so so i'm back at the uh so in terms of like pretentious crap that a24 is distributed mm. uh tusk oh I never saw that, uh, but I know what you're talking about. Spring Spring Breakers, which some people like, but I just I only think of that one that one scene. Um, let's see, uh, they, like a, a lot of this, like, but then the, uh, they but also, they did Favich. They did the Favich. They did Moonlight. They did Ladybird. Swiss Army Man. Yeah, Ladybird. Green Room. Um, Black Coat's Daughter, which I liked, but some people don't. It comes at night, which I, I I think I've never seen. I've heard mixed things about. Um, oh, they did. Oh man, gosh, they did. Dis- <laughs> but they did the Disaster Artist. Oh, uh, Hereditary, which I think is great. Eighth Grade, which I've heard very good things about. Yeah. So it's like that's what I'm saying. It's all like either really great or just kind of like. Mm. Um. Yeah, they did the bling ring, which I heard not super great things about. Um, why do they? Why is A twenty four listed as being involved in Has Been Hotel? I don't know. What the Saint Maud, which I desperately still want to see. In August of last year, A twelve A twenty four picked up Has Been Hotel for production of TV series. Okay. <laughs> Goodness. Um so have we gone through all the uh the VHS tapes? Oh no, there's still more. Okay. Um, <laughs> we just keep there... it, like everything like spins us off into a new topic of conversation. It's it's fine. It's like it's like the it's like the trunk and branches. Like we have the, the trunk line of the VHS tapes and then we just go off on tangents from there. Um so the the next one is uh called I don't know what it's called. It's called many things. It's called Vegas Nights. It's called Grand Canyon, and it's called Maverick Helicopter Tours. So <laughs> I <I'm>, can <laughs> imagine what this is going to be. I I I'm imagining it's just going to be like forty minutes of footage from a helicopter of 
the city of Las Vegas at night and the Grand Canyon. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. And then the final one uh, from uh, distributor Cartoons Are Fun uh, is Adventuras de la Pequena Lulu. Which I haven't actually translated from Spanish yet, but I think is like the Adventures Adventures of of Little Little Lulu. Lulu. Yeah. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, it's still in its saran wrap, so I don't think it has been opened or watched ever. Uh, so that's going to be, if it's just a dubbed version of the cartoon of The Adventures of Little Lulu, uh, which I'm pretty sure I watched as a kid. And I think you said you watched as a kid. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had, again, very similar uh, copy. Obviously not in Spanish, but mm. um, I the, the cover art looked like what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, including like the logo at the top, but yeah, that might just be misremembering. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to find some time to watch these and report back on them. Uh, I I think the one I'm looking the most forward to is uh, if not Madeline's Christmas, then definitely Arthur's Quest, because that just seems like cheese as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, distributed by, uh, oh God, who who's the distributor for that one? John Voight and Paul Family Films. No oh, man, <laughs> so. when the when the what? actor is also the distributor, you know it's going to be he, great. But he wasn't like he's not in the cast list. That's all. I was like, I I remember seeing John Voight's name on there, but I couldn't see what it was. Like. Why is John Voight distributing children's movies? Was this like, <laughs> was this part of his sentencing or something? Like this you seems... have to, <laughs> you have to be the producer and distribute. Like, like, is this a community service? What the fuck? I don't know. Maybe he'll have a cameo in it. Maybe. Who knows? It, it's I. I Maybe it's a different John Voight. I don't know. I just <laughs> not sure what he's doing anywhere near a family film. What what is it called again? Let me see if I can Google this. John. It's Voight. called Arthur's Quest. No, 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 no. The, oh, John Voight. John Voight and Paul Family Films. And Paul? Just Paul? Just Paul? Just P A U L? Yes. Paul Family Films. Okay. Yeah, I, I I don't think uh, I, if they still exist, they probably have a different name by now. Uh, I haven't been able to find anything about them either. Yeah, I don't. That's so that's very strange. All right. I'll see if I can find it later. Maybe it's another John Voight. Maybe, maybe like that's the only thing I can think of. Um. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out later. But that's uh, all the VHS tapes I have. I'm glad that you had those because I don't know if we really have anything to to talk about this week. Like yeah. we've been well, so busy. Like, like, there's been so many things just happening in like life. Yeah. That we haven't really had time to sit down and like watch stuff or play stuff very much. Mm-hmm. Um oh 
Though I did start listening to um, the Old Gods of Appalachia podcast. Oh, yeah, I recommended that to you ages yeah. ago. Did you? Are you caught up with it? Uh no, I think I I listened to like the first. I don't know if it's a season or whatever, but I think I listened to the first season. Yeah, and then I kind of let it drift on by the wayside. Um, how I mean, far are you in? Um, I'm mostly mostly caught up at this point. Okay. Um, I think Good. I've got like less than 10 episodes remaining before i'm okay. in, uh, up to the present there's not that many um so it was a pretty quick listen and i had a few days uh where i just kind of was while i was working on other things i just kind of had it on the background um it's it's really fucking good it is isn't that's, it? that's a great podcast mm-hmm. um and i think as I've been listening to it, I think the thing that really like has been impressing me about it is it, it is a horror podcast. Um, but it's, it's very like for horror, it's very empowering and very progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is really interesting the way that they kind of there's a it's it's kind of reminds me of like the way that Guillermo del Toro does stuff uh where it's like I mean, not exactly where because del Toro will make it so that the monsters are never the real threat it's always the people mm-hmm. and in this it's like yeah there are monsters that are threats but then there are also like witches and ghosts and things like that that are just like that are just cool and like mm-hmm. helpful and, and like yeah. you, they become like your favorite characters and you want them to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the power struggles are really kind of, kind of interesting. Cause like, there's a lot of like emphasis yeah. put on, you know, outsiders in society mm-hmm. and like, found family and and what's that the cold wars and and all the yeah 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 well i mean that stuff is all like that's subtext and that's like Mm -hmm. in the in the background and sometimes it comes like screaming to the forefront as text yeah um like the episode did did you get to the episode about uh about the boy uh the the boy from barlow yeah i think it was just called the boy uh i believe so yeah because I, I think i think i've got i think i watched all of or listened to all of season one so i uh, got through uh the witch uh what's it called the witch queen the witch queen yeah um god yeah no the but the uh the one about like the boy that's like the representation of like all the children that are killed in mines mm, yeah and they like just a whole bunch of different stories about that and it's like uh like he's like he's got that lantern and like the people he torments he like lifts the lantern and they see like all of the children behind him Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that character comes back in season two in an interesting way okay um yeah it's it's really good um i i really it's very like it's very feminist as well which is Mm. interesting like you wouldn't expect it <laughs> for like, like cosmic horror to be like very explicitly feminist text. Yeah. But it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to get back into it now that you're you're catching up. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I said, I'm almost entirely caught up on it. And like season two, season two is way longer than season one. Plus, they mm-hmm. did uh, holiday episodes where mm-hmm. they did like a three part story. Um, the first part was last Halloween. Second part was last Christmas, and then the last part was uh, Valentine's Day. Okay. Um. And that was a that was a pretty good story, uh, and it kind of it. I don't want to spoil. I don't really want to spoil it, but the way that it ends is great. And if you got through season one, it, it's it's a really really good follow up. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll have to get through. Uh, so I'm I've been currently listening to uh, History of China podcast, and I'm trying my damnedest to get through the North and South period. Um, and so once I'm done with that, once we get to the establishment of, I think it's the the, the Shui. Uh, anyway, a- after we get past the North and South period, I'm going to pause that and pick up with uh, Old Gods of Appalachia. Uh, so yeah, that sounds great. That sounds good. Um, but yeah, that's really all I've been doing. And okay. I've been continuing to play through um near. I still haven't gotten to the first ending yet, so still mm-hmm. don't really have much to add to near from you. last time, but hopefully by next time. We'll see. We'll see how much free time I have over the next two weeks. Mm. Okay. Well, speaking of video games, I started playing Disco Elysium. <gasps> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's gonna be when I when I'm done with Mir, I'm gonna go back and replay it. I think. Okay. Because I haven't gotten very far into it. I'm. I, it's not even been a day. Oh yeah, uh, that first day takes forever though. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I I've done a lot. I've talked to a lot of people. We still haven't gotten the body down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that took a while. <laughs> what what but I, uh, what build did you go for? I went for I think I went for a custom build. Okay. Um that's uh focuses on uh, what are, what are the four stats? I'm I'm blanking on the names. Oh, um I don't remember what the four main ones were called cuz I like the ones that I cared more about were like the substats. Oh, the substats. Oh god. I what, what's your what's your specialty stat? Uh, because there's uh, like one of those substats that you I'm trying to remember. Oh, I can't remember. Is it uh, Inland Empire, Esprit no, de Corps? It's, it's not Inland Empire. Visual calculus. It's not that. I think it's in the um like the emotive track, like okay. the the one that's not like mental, but it's yeah, like yeah. you're yeah. The the empathy one. That the was that one. was the one that I specialized in. Yeah. Um, so I but except I, I went with uh Inland Empire as my like specialized, specialized one. That mm-hmm. that's my favorite. That like Inland Empire makes that game so fucking wild and I loved <laughs> it. Um actually I'm 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 doing a, a silly and I'm opening up the game. I should just open up like a Wikipedia that has them all listed. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would probably be quicker. And it's probably going to play the music in my headphones, and I'm not going to be able to do anything about it until it loads. Good thing the music in that game is great. The music slaps, but it is you know 
distracting when I'm also trying to play a podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> play a podcast, record a podcast, whatever. Uh, so, so you went with the Inland Empire? Yeah, because I, I, I think I just went with the base build of uh, the Empathy stat. Okay. And I think that's the one that they choose. Um, but even if they didn't, I would have chosen that one because I'm like, yeah, let's get weird with it. <laughs> and God, Inland Empire gets so weird. Yeah, it's it's been bringing up a, a fair bit of stuff. Because um, my... Because my... Because um, my psyche is high Mm -hmm. so it it will come up regardless but it's not what i'm focusing on i think it's empathy i think i think empathy is the one that i put into but empathy empathy is like one of the four base stats i think no no the one of the four base stats is called psyche okay there's intellect there's psyche there's physique and there is motorics or motorics motorics yes yeah so right that's right so yeah so empathy within Okay. Uh, psyche is what i've my, my, my empathy was really into. empathy was really high for me too <laughs> um yeah empathy and inland empire were kind of the ones that i dumped a lot of my stats into mm-hmm. um, i was very i was very happy i was able to get the coat on the first day yeah because i i had to keep trying that i just had to and like i had i end up boosting uh I, what was it um savoir faire yeah so like i had to put a point into savoir faire to take my pants off i had to take my jacket off i had to to put like these fancy shoes on that i found it's like everything i can to boost savoir faire Mm -hmm. because because the pants have a negative bonus to savoir faire for some reason so that's like that's gonna be the way that all of the clothing (laughs) items that you find work they Uh will all boost a stat maybe Mm -hmm. two and then mm-hmm. reduce another stat. Yeah, the shoes I found don't have any negative stats, but they do, I think, have a mind of their own. Um, like they're the very time. liberal shoes. They're very liberal shoes. Um, but in any case, uh, so, yeah, no, I had to take my pants off to make that jump, and I did it. Uh, and I was very happy with myself. <laughs> uh so you did you and you got the shoes too you got his other shoe uh well yeah no his other shoe that was like one of the first things that i did i didn't Uh, get his other shoe until like towards the end of the first day oh no yeah like i was walking around with only one shoe for most of the first day (laughs) no i i was able to get his shoe i was able to pay off his tab um which I was amazed that I was able to actually do that. Yeah, that I almost wasn't able to do that the first day. Because mm-hmm. I, because uh, I talked to the the rich lady on the boat, and I was like, "Hey, give me money, please." Yeah. She's like, "Oh, how much?" Um, oh yeah, that's what I ended up doing too. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, I have some extra spending money. I want to buy a book. I want to support this bookstore that's right next door because I got the kid to stop standing in the cold. And I was like, I feel bad now. So I want to buy a book. And then it's like, oh, by the way, you have to pay me $20 or else you're not going to sleep tonight. And I'm like, I don't have $20 yet. (laughs) Should I buy the book or should I save the money? What do you think? Uh, Uh, 
Yeah. No, that game is great. That game is maybe, maybe the best RPG ever made. Um, like at least RPG, like a, like a, a video game RPG ever made. Like it is so good because it is actually a role playing game. Yes. Like it's not just a game where you create a character and then you use that character in combat. It's a game where it's like, yeah, no, take a position, choose a side, idiot. <laughs> um, and I think one of the best things about it is that even the fails are entertaining. Like mm-hmm. a failure is not a closing off of an option. It is mm-hmm. an opening of a new branch, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great way to design it. Like there's so much shit in that game. Um, have you talked to the cryptozoologist's wife yet? Is that the, the one in the wheelchair? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. She was like the, I think I talked to her before I talked to Kim, but just no matter. Oh, no, I talked to Kim first, but yeah, no matter what else you do in this game, mm-hmm. do everything in her story. Okay. Because the cryptozoologist story is, it has the greatest payoff I have ever seen. Okay. And so just, you just need to trust me on this. It's okay. so fucking good. It is going to pay off in such weird ways for you. Mm-hmm. Just your, I almost said his name and that was going to be a spoiler for you. Your detective is, is going to just be like, should just be so convinced in the existence of these cryptids. Mm-hmm. Like you just need to throw yourself full force into it. And like, mm-hmm. I think I think I'll do that on a second playthrough because I don't think the character that I'm playing right now, I think my character is being a bit too serious mm. um, to I, to get involved with that kind of thing. I, I here's how, like here's what I like about the game. Like you mm-hmm. can be serious about some things and just completely mm-hmm. wackadoo about others. You're right. Like when I played it, it was very much like I and is I find it interesting because Pat on uh on uh, Castle Super Beast has been saying the same thing about his playthrough mm-hmm. where it's like he hasn't been drinking or using drugs mm-hmm. because he's like well if I woke up having like partied so hard that I forgot who I was yeah. I don't know if I would have touched anything again and so that was yeah the same that's and that's that, the one I'm doing for too and that's how I played him because he's like yeah no this stuff has fucked up his life and so like I played through that entire game I think there are parts where I like took them, like I, I like I grabbed them, but then they just sat in my inventory, and I don't mm-hmm. think I ever really used them until like towards the very end. Um, and so like very serious about that, very serious about like like pushing for communism and like fighting fighting racism, mm-hmm. but then just like. Oh yeah, but also he believes in the existence of these of these cryptids, like one hundred percent, and this like like barreling full force into just weird David Lynch shit whenever that became an option. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, just like very sweet, very caring, you know, very empathetic, believing in the rights of the working man, 
and also the existence of these like giant invisible birds. That so I think just... part part of the reason why I'm I'm gonna go like I, I might give that a pass this round is again like I say he's kind of serious he's kind of trying to redefine himself but uh, something happened in this playthrough that is very unlikely. Mm-hmm. And that is, I managed to force the grin off my face on the first try. Oh my god! Yeah, I rolled <laughs> double sixes. Shit. And I managed shit. to force the grin off my face on the first attempt. That took me so fucking long to get the expression <laughs> to stop. Yeah, no. The expression never set foot outside of the apartment. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess you gotta lean into that. Yeah. I Like, I feel... I feel like that's such a shame though, because there's so much fun part. Like there's just so many fun I'm, things it, in this game. Like, but the game has, has replay value. So there, it's not true. like I'm not going to try it, it again. It has ridiculously good replay value. <laughs> Did you, um, so you didn't even like try to run away from your tab. What do you mean? Like in the oh, very no. beginning, when they give you the option to try to book it, when the guy was like, Oh, you owe like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You didn't even try to run away. No, I was just like, uh, "Oh my god, find a way." That that is one of my favorite bits of animation in the entire game, because oh. because I failed it. Oh no! <laughs> and it what is, is it a check for? It, oh, I can't remember. It, it's one of the physicality checks. Oh, um, but he he just turns and runs Mm -hmm. and does a backwards flying leap where he holds up (laughs) double deuces at the guard at the the bartender and just because i failed he did that and then just landed on his ass oh damn it was amazing there's one there's one uh bit of weirdness that i will lean into on this playthrough and that is that he is bound and determined to sing a karaoke song oh i never did the karaoke i was yeah. always because it's a red check i was so worried about failing it I'm yeah have to so i play through yeah so i'm gonna have to find a song first i haven't done that yet but that is gonna be my bound and determined thing to do uh so <sighs> anyway it's it's shaping up to be a good good game a good game i was going to play some of it today but i was running low on time and it's like if i start playing this i'm not going to want to stop when it comes no, time to record no. so because the that's last been, time i was playing it was like oh god where have the hours gone that's been the reason why i haven't wanted to boot it back up because i've just been so busy and i'm like if i start playing this game i am never going to stop mm-hmm. because they added so much shit like it's just going to be what i do once i start playing it again mm-hmm. <sighs> um I'm so excited you started playing that game. Oh my god, you're gonna you're gonna love it, and you're, we're gonna have so much to talk about when you're done with it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I've I've been playing that. Um, I've let's see, what do my notes say? Uh, there's a uh, a web comic that I found today, which is. Um, a fallout themed thing which is uh death claw desuka oh my uh, God. <laughs> it's it's about this uh it's this death claw this cute anime girl death claw that is in vault one uh 119 and she just found a suit and found a pit boy and she's like i'm i am the adventurer here oh but God. then like you see her appearance from the outsiders and it's just like a death claw 
<laughs> but like, no, she's she's a cute little anime girl from her own perspective. Uh, so that's something I was reading today. Um, yeah, no, I've got I've not got a whole lot I've been up to lately myself. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of running out of things to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you want to call it a podcast at that point? I, I think that's yeah. a podcast. Yeah, like we haven't, we honestly have not been doing much. We've been watching like YouTube videos about uh, Christian fundamentalists, and that's most of what we've been doing the last two weeks. Has been fun though. Oh, it has been fun. Really depressing. Oh, speak now that you mention that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> There was a podcast series. So, um, what's what's the guy's name that does the Behind the Bastards podcast? Oh, Chris Evans, uh, R- Rich Evans, Rich Ev- Rick, Ev- yeah, Evans. Um, he did another podcast. Uh, Ro- I think Robert Evans, excuse me, Robert, Robert Evans. Evans. Yeah, uh, he did another podcast, uh, which was it could happen here. Yes, uh, yeah, and I I actually listened through all of that a couple weeks ago, um, and that was like before 2020 <laughs> that was like recorded yeah. in 2019 yep. it's like oh no <laughs> yeah oh no <laughs> so, i have not that's... listened to that one but i know mm-hmm. so that was that was good nightmare fuel right there i guess <laughs> um uh they're doing a series on uh the dulles brothers on behind the bastards this week if you mm-hmm. want more nightmare fuel uh oh there was another oh yeah uh he, he did a, a book on he did a what are they called audiobook yeah mm-hmm. uh, about the rise of fascism starting from like the the 30s yeah to today yeah and i listened through that too um so i don't know maybe i'll give behind the bastards a try Maybe I'll just try everything else that <laughs> he has a really like pleasant voice. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has a very like I hate to say like lovely, mm-hmm. but he has a very lovely voice that's like easy to listen to. And then it's like the things that he says, and you're just like, Jesus Christ. Oh, like ugh, but um I have like I am a reluctant behind the bastards fan. <laughs> like I would kind of hear it because like he does get a little and i think the i think his point is to liven things up since he does talk about really dark material but there's sometimes where it's like he's just like a little too frivolous mm-hmm. does that make sense or there's like a little too much makes light of some heavy topics I, yeah so yeah in a way that mm-hmm. it's like and kind of always like tiptoes like he he says this thing that like straight white men do well they'll like they'll like come up to the line and they'll like do a little dance and like tiptoe maybe 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 i'm gonna go over the line maybe i'm just like cheeky and fun maybe i'm a horrible person you'll never know and it's like he he does that sometimes and i'm just like uh um but then it's like he has a very pleasant sounding voice and I am interested. And he's, he had like a run where he was doing uh, recently, like very recently, he was doing a run of like Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil <laughs> and like really famous uh, TV personalities. And I was like, 
well, now I'm fucking hooked. Mm -hmm. You know, and every once in a while, there'll be like wine that I'm just like, I'm like interested in this. And now I've just like listened to it for like two months straight. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Well, you also got into um, Worst Year Ever. Yeah, I do love Worst Year Ever, which is the podcast that he does with the Sun More News team. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie Stoll and uh, Cody Johnston. Yeah, I listened and... to that episode on the the January 6th uh, insurrection. Yeah, and like I don't, that, it's like, he does also, um, one of the things that I really do appreciate about Robert Evans, and I I get the sense that like behind the bastards is sort of like this is my bread and butter, but it's not necessarily my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like some of the things that he does in Worst Year Ever, it's like, oh no, you can be like wonderfully empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a really like heart wrenching episode of Worst, you know, because they're all based out in L.A. and the West Coast, and there's a really heart wrenching episode where they talk about um, I think it was Echo Park. But recently there was like a, I just say encampment because like, like that's kind of like the, I don't know, but like, that's what it was. It was like, it was a group of, um, it was a group of houseless people. Um, and I don't know what the proper term is. I know like you're not supposed to say homeless, but I don't know. I don't know. I like the British term, which is sleeping rough to refer to people who like live Mm-hmm. Um, without a like without a house on on the streets and so there was like an encampment and they were basically like they were chill like they made their own kitchen they made their own um showers they made their own like bathrooms and the la mayor was like i'm gonna fucking clean up this park because a bunch of rich douchebags who were surrounding the park were like this is driving down my condo fee or whatever and so um, they basically like brought in militarized police and surrounded the park and kicked out all the people without homes mm. um, from like a really wonderful place that they had created. And it got into, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause I think it's really easy, even, you know, even liberals, not like even especially liberals, uh, we'll do this thing of like, well, there's this program that they could do. And he actually like Robert Evans actually brought on two of the leaders um, from the Echo Park encampment and like interviewed them and had them tell their own stories, which is cool because it's like, normally you get these things through like several different filters of journalists. And then like, you know, it's got to go through all of these people before it gets to Rachel Maddow. Right. Um, and so, like, these people are, like, never get their voices heard. And he actually, like, did a really beautiful, deeply empathetic uh, deep dive with them. And mm-hmm. and they kind of went into all the problems with the system and about how, like, yeah, you know, like, some, some nice person is going to come up to you and be like, well, wouldn't you rather stay in the hotel? And they go into, like, all of the problems with that, um, which I didn't realize, like, you know, you have to consolidate all of your belongings down to like one Two bag. Bags, yeah. If you have an animal, they won't let you take the animal with you. They'll make you mm-hmm. put it into a shelter. And then it's like, well, when's the animal going to get a fucking home? Cause we all know like how well track records with, 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 uh, animal shelter. I mean, not, I don't know. I know people that work at animal shelters. There are a lot of people doing their best work, but like, it is hard. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's also like the dog has an owner, like the cat has an owner. Like it's, whatever 
Um, but not only that, but it's like they'll regulate where you can go and like how much time like these are these are not people who have committed crimes Mm -hmm. they are not criminals and it's like you get two hours of yard time out of your hotel room like that seems like a prison to me yeah 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 yeah. and it's like you know do they not let you leave no, you can't. Like, you have, like, two hours where, you know, and these are programs that are run by, like, places like this. I mean, fuck the Salvation Army for so many reasons. But it's, like, you know, they're reputable kind of places. And... The Salvation Army yeah. isn't reputable. Not, I'm saying like the Salvation Army. I'm not oh, okay. saying the Salvation Army. I'm saying like the Salvation Army. Um, But they're, like, once you get into that system it's incredibly controlling um, to like all of your, all of your daily movements are being monitored. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, like who said you could like, you know, monitor these people this much. Like all they did was ask for a place to stay. Then fucking ask, you know, they don't need supervision. They just need a, like a place to crash, you know? And Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's like, like, I really like admire like Robert Evans and he's done like a lot of amazing work on, um, he's done a lot of amazing work in Portland. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of incredible journalism about the, the protest, uh, from, from last summer. Um, and then he gets on like, fuck it behind the bastards. And he's like, ah, <laughs> And I think I was high for an episode. Guess which one? Like, and it was like, just like I don't know. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> it's actually, like, you're a good person. God damn it. And it was specifically high on LSD for one episode. Cause I think he's also made claims that he was high on other things for other episodes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Should but it's like, he's very sober. What? <laughs> I don't know. That, that would be fun. Um, I mean, <laughs> until July 1st. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know. It's like, man, you're really fucking talented. Yeah. Why do you gotta be like? I don't know. I don't well, know. Here's the like. I think. I think the difference is, like, Robert Evans, journalist, is talking about things that are happening in the world right now, and it's like, here are things that can be fixed now, and he takes those things very seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And usually, behind the bastards, not a hundred percent of the time, but usually is about someone from history, like yeah. someone who who is dead or someone who has at least been like found out and like prevented from doing terrible things anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, but that distance can be like, like, Hey, like with the, with the, the Dulles brothers this week, it's like, here, here are two rich assholes who created the modern survey, like uh, surveillance state. You live in a police state because of these assholes. Yeah. Yeah. So it is very like, like it is, it's easier to laugh at that kind of stuff because they're not like actively causing harm. Yeah. That is true. That is true. I don't know. Uh, and then, like, he makes, like, so many jokes about, um, who's the guy that founded Scientology? L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. He makes a lot of jokes about L. Ron Hubbard. Um, I don't know. 
But but yeah, and then it's like on the flip side, he does these like really moving, empathetic pieces of <laughs> about marginalized people. Uh, and you're just sort of like, all right, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like the two the two sides of Robert Evans. <laughs> um anyway. This one goes out to you, bud. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Treat Sophie better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and there was like a point um apparently he was like fucking up because all the basic shit like not like our podcast because our podcast is is terrible no i'm just kidding it's, we're not professionals we're not professionals like this is we do this for funsies and free con uh free con badges but Shh, um don't tell anyone <laughs> <laughs> they'll catch uh, on <laughs> they'll start giving it to us <laughs> Well, in order to do that, they'd have to listen to our podcast. That's yeah, true. that's true. Mm. Um, but where was I going with this? Um, but only like the, the like kind of like the three basic things that you have to do as a podcaster, as a professional podcaster. It's like you got to do the intro, you got to do the ad break, and you got to do the outro. And like at some point, he was fucking up so much that they literally just put his producer Sophie on the call with him to basically just babysit it through Oh, dear. <laughs> well, I think that she was always there, like, telling him when to do the ad break and stuff. It was yeah, just yeah, that yeah. It just at, got, like, louder at, and louder. At a certain and, like, point, they just decided to give her a microphone, too. <laughs> like, the sound engineer just, like, stopped editing it out, and then finally they were just like, you, you had to fucking sit in there. Like, he's just gonna keep fucking it up. <laughs> anyway anyway so throw it out for your boy robert (laughs) evans he's not dead but you know (laughs) (laughs) he takes a lot of drugs he probably should be okay that's not a parasocial relationship like he actually talks about how much he does drugs (laughs) all right all right i think that's the end because right. uh, I gotta end it, god damn it. <laughs> okay, you you can end it out. Thanks. You can take I us away. Know. Oh no, that's too much pressure. Somebody else do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We've been some of a podcast. My name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful.